0: This is an SM Media production. Yeah, and what was it kind of like, the, obviously we'll touch on the, the, the Webster ruling, but Wigan signed you, Paul Drew signed you for Wigan. What was, your, what was your kind of first interactions with him and how excited were you to go down south?
1: Yeah, just I'd obviously met him previously to kind of signing, just talked, laid his plans for what he thought the future would hold. Um, so, yeah, quite keen. I think Wigan was probably one of the teams that was the most proactive under the circumstances because obviously nobody really knew what was going to happen with the Webster ruling or the outcome of that. So, the people were a bit, yes, we were really interested, but we're not willing to kind of take all the time and effort into finding out exactly what it was. Worth. So, no, I think that getting an opportunity to go to English Premiership for any kind of yeah. young aspiring
0: Scottish football player was was uh, yeah, it was a great opportunity for me.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And just to kind of touch on the Webster ruling quickly, like because it's it's very difficult to follow it. But what was it? What, what did it kind of involve? Like was it because you had left a year before your contract was up?
1: I think the easiest way to explain it was that I'd signed a four year deal at the football club. I was three years into that four year deal. Was under the age of 28, which meant after that three year period, I could leave the football club under certain criteria, which was basically how the club, where I was when I started at the football club, so part time football, to how I was when I left. Obviously, included like your salary in the last year of your contract and sort of compensation from that aspect of it. So I think the disparity came when Hearts were looking for £4.5 million. That was their kind of fee because they thought, well, I was of similar stature and quality to players who came at that value, and the PFA was like, no, we're not sure that criteria, and that's where the that's probably where the uncertainty came for other football clubs. Like, well, is it going to come back at one hundred and fifty thousand, or is it going to come back at four and a half million? Which, you know, for any football club to commit to that, and ultimately, I think during that bit, I was liable for that as well. So, whatever the fee came back at, it was me personally who was liable. Um, to pay pay that outstanding fee, but the one good thing about Wigan was that they said, regardless of what the fee comes back, we will pay that, which right. put your mind at ease a little bit. So yeah, I think it, that was probably the biggest challenge for other football
0: clubs during that time. To think, definitely. And like, how hard was it like for you going through like court cases while you're just trying to focus and getting getting to play football? Like how hard was that for you?
1: Yeah, really difficult. I think. You know, every so often you would get a letter through the door from a, a big legal law firm, putting you under pressure to try and act in a certain way. You know, can we resolve this issue? So it was, it was, it was sad. But I think, as I said to you before, once I'd made my mind up, that was it. I was, I was doing it, and I was going the whole way. I wasn't, you know, it was obviously parts of that going. Would you just like to come back to Hearts? Even after I joined Wigan, I still, had, I had still had contact from like Roman Roman off and Pedro going, oh, yeah, you know, why don't you just come back? I'm like, I've signed for Wigan. Like, why would I be coming back? Do you know, just, it was, it wasn't an easy process and I don't think
0: it was made any easier by the manner in which people were conducting themselves. Yeah. You made your debut for Wigan in a 4 nil win against Man City. Like, who were who were the good characters in that Wigan team? I'll touch on one. I want to touch on one later on, but who was the kind of good ones in that? Well,
1: it was obviously a little Scottish, Scottish contingent there. So people like Jig, Tealy. Um, you know, the boys were, were great for me when I first went down. People like I played with Leighton Baines, who yeah. was a young footballer coming through at Wigan, was out, outstanding. Ariane DeZoo was kind of similar ilk to yeah, Elvis as well great at great centre half. The club had signed like Emil Heskey, which probably not too dissimilar in terms of a physicality and a, a, a way about him, a bit like Mark DeVries, he just had a great way about him as a human being, Do you know? Yeah. Achieved an unbelievable winters football career. But when he walked in the changing room, you would never have known any different. Just a lovely guy um, and, and did really well at Wigan. So people like Danny Lanza as well, Dutch internationalist. It was real quality. When I went to Wigan, that was one of the things that took me by surprise a little bit. Some of the boys who I mean heard of were international footballers. I'm thinking yeah. a club like Wigan where avoiding relegations, seen as success. They've got some
0: unbelievable players. Mm-hmm. and one player I want to talk to him was Jimmy Boulard. just how mad was he uh, he, he kind of he he left probably at the same
1: time I was kind of arriving at the football club but you obviously hear stories, I heard the story about Jimmy when he used to have like a plunge pool at the training ground so it would be filled up with ice and cold and Jimmy would be in there with Philo who was the goalie Australian goalie who was a bit older and so Jimmy would be talking to Philo having a conversation with him and then he Jimmy would climb out of the, the plunge pool and say to Philo, by we have just peed in there. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, but I think like Jimmy used to put I think he used to take people's gear out to training and dress the mannequins up and put them in the middle of the pitch and I think people used to chase him about the training ground and stuff. It'd be a hundred and one Jigs probably Lee McCullough's probably the man for all the stories with Jimmy as well. I right. met Jimmy a couple of times when we played Fulham and stuff and him and Jig got on really well, but yeah, a great Great character.
0: How good was Jag as well? Like obviously he played with Jag at Rangers, but how good was he when you went down there?
1: Oh he was he was excellent at Wigan. Like he was generally sometimes the manager played on wide left. His physicality, his ability in the air, quality on the ball, he he was very good at Wigan, somebody I was highly impressed with. Um, and a great team player again, just worked really hard for the team. But he was out, He was outstanding. He was he was at a very high
0: level during that period. Yeah. And you only played four times at Wigan. What kind of happened? Like, what was the kind
1: of... What? Yeah. The initial, the initial bit, when I first went, I'd obviously missed pre-season. Yeah. So it took me a lot of time to get up to speed. Played. I don't think I ever lost a game in the Premiership, which is probably unusual for people. But, um, yeah, and just... Probably there again, maybe not performing to what the manager thought I could perform at or other people were doing better. So probably ultimately just not good enough.
0: How tough was the Premier League?
1: Yeah, Mike, I think probably one of the things for me, when you get down there, because you've watched it for a long period of time, sometimes when you get down there, it's a bit of a reality check to go, right, I'm actually here now. Um, And you probably, that sense of, belonging going I really belong at this level but you need a bit of time to adapt and that's obviously something that I didn't get because maybe I wasn't good enough or I wasn't good enough um, but yeah the level of opposition it's I would call it proper football when somebody wants to pass a ball to somebody generally tends to get there and when they do
0: what they do it's because they mean to do it and just with yeah. a ball per pitch and do you can uh, looking back do you regret making the move down south or is it is it just unfortunate how
1: it turned out? Yeah, I think unfortunate in how it turned out in terms of even circumstances. Obviously, the manner in which I left Hearts when I first went yeah. to Wigan, they're like, oh, yeah, we'll offer you a four-year deal. So I was like, great, sign. go down to the sign. And they're like, oh, it's only three years. And I'm like, well, why is that? And I think they thought that I was going to be doing what I the did at Hearts thing? to Wigan. But yeah, and, and Wigan uh, Hearts was exceptional circumstances. And I was like, oh, and like, oh yeah, don't worry about it. We'll sort it out later on. And I'm like, mm, doesn't make me feel great. Like, as in... yeah. You've said one thing and now you've changed it to something else because, you, yeah, we'll sort it out later. And it never really materialised. And that's a byproduct of it, as I say. Ultimately, playing catch-up played a little bit, not enough, and basically wasn't good enough.
0: Yeah, and when do you kind of foresee the Rumblings and Rangers were interested in bringing you back to Scotland? Probably not
1: until the, the sort of January time, early part of January. Um and I also remember, I must have drove up the road one night and I had a voicemail from Jig going, Webby, where are you? Where are you going? <laughs> um, but yeah, so, no, just that. And I think because of circumstances, even like family life as well, we also had the oldest one. My wife was pregnant with the second one. She was due in the eight, probably. Like. And when you get an opportunity to go to Rangers, you, you don't turn that down. Um, and I wouldn't have turned it down. So, as much as, Getting to the Premiership, I would have thought it would have been a, a great experience. It probably didn't materialise the way it should have. So yeah. yeah, just fortunate enough to get an
0: opportunity to go to Rangers. And who who can I? Who was trying to sign? Was it Le, Paul Le Guin that tried to sign you? Or was it Walter? Yeah, it was Walter Smith. Walter.
1: I think that was a transitional period between. Did you did you
0: sign the same day Le Gwen left? And it always confused me. Like was was Le Guin trying to sign you or? No,
1: I think that oh, probably like any football club, they'll have a database of players. Do you know? And I always remember Aye. when I first went in at Rangers, Walter Smith had said, Yeah, I'm delighted you're here. So and obviously i d I'd worked with them previously internationally yeah. as
0: well. So um, yeah, but yeah, I get the fact sometimes a little bit of a crossover. And when you signed, like how big a privilege was that to sign for Rangers for you? Like obviously you played against them, but how how good was it to be the first signing of the Walter Smith ring? Yeah, uh, when
1: you get to clubs like that, it's an institution. When you walk through the doors, whether it's the training ground or the stadium, you, you just, it's like unbelievable, unbelievable history, an unbelievable feeling. Just, yeah, just, you feel like you've arrived at a huge, huge football club speculation or the media attention that goes with it, everything that goes with it. The people that work there, the amount of people that work there, the people who do all sorts of stuff that you didn't realise happened at football clubs as well. So, yeah, just a huge organisation to be part of. Mm-hmm.
0: And just as well, obviously, Hearts made the complaint to FIFA about your move. Like, how did you, was it, did you just feel you were never going to get rid of this Hearts thing?
1: Yeah, I think even... That was always that. I mean, the, the legal dispute took about eighteen months to resolve, and even at the end of it as well, there was there was things happening with FIFA or FIFA, Pro and you're like, I don't like now. You look back and you go, I don't understand why that was. But yeah, I think obviously Hearts were were keen to get as much out of out of it as they possibly could as well. So they're always going to fight their case as much as they could, um, which ended up being hugely expensive for Hearts, which in the cold light day I knew even the summer I'd left so it was teams coming in with seven figure bids I was like just let me go do you know like, yeah. they never said to me oh by the way such and such has been in for you or this team or whatever We could have just said do you know what we'll just accept that fee you go your way we'll go ours thanks very much but that's why I'll say the road I went down I had to go down because I didn't feel there was any other viable options
0: mm-hmm. In your first training session at Rangers you pick up an injury you're out for the season just how hard was that for you?
1: Yeah, just not a good start. Um, Just went to block a shot. Yeah, just went to block a shot and the way the ball caught me on the end of my foot, just tweaked my knee and just, I think the initial diagnosis of it as well wasn't accurate. Um, So it took a longer period of time to get the right treatment that I needed, which didn't help me either. I think I'd done that at the start of January. It wasn't until the end of February that i actually go for a knee operation. And it, I think I ended up being on the bench for the last game of the season as well. So there's a sort of three or four month period of not playing football, which for any football is not great, but a, a massive club like Rangers is, is is not
0: ideal. Yeah, and like David Weir signed at the same time as you. Like, Did you did you think, I know a lot of fans thought that you and, you and him would be the future partnership at the back. Like, Were you kind of looking forward to playing with David when he signed?
1: Yeah, and I was probably touched on a bit earlier with Elvis as well. Probably two players that I would look at and go, yes. Elvis would be one and David Weir would be yeah. the other, good question, very similar ilk, Elk, obviously Big Peas had an unbelievable and outstanding football career, played at the highest level and played at an unbelievable age as well, so, I don't think until you get a bit older you appreciate how much sacrifice has to go into that to continue to do yeah, what you do, happen. probably slightly easier when you're at Rangers because you're in that bit where your motivation's extremely high, the team's really successful, I get that fact, but every single day, how he conducts his his professionalism on and off the park, couldn't couldn't speak highly enough of that. So I think, yeah, I suppose it's like anything at big football clubs are, there's always going to be competition for places because I missed a period out. They also brought in people like Carlos, like Hugo Echioch as well, God rest his soul. They brought in real pedigree and real quality as well. And this is the bit where you just find yourself slipping down the pecking order and you're like, right, I'm, gonna to have to
0: work unbelievably hard to try and get an opportunity.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And also that Walter Alley and Kenny were were the management team at the time, just how good were they with you?
1: Brilliant. I think that just I think I think Walter sometimes said he had to worry more about looking after the coaching staff with Koisty and Kenny than, than what he did with the players and stuff. <laughs> because they've just not not that they did anything detrimental, but they just they would be away playing table tennis and be like, where's where, we're having a coaches meeting they two would be in the indoor having a Having a ding dong battle with table tennis and stuff like that, but, you know the atmosphere was 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 outstanding. Um, yeah, so no, I can't, I can't, I can't speak highly enough of
0: of the coaching staff at the club. And were you, was it always was your own always always going to get extended to the the 07, 8 season? Was that always a plan?
1: Yeah, I think because of the initial period out as well, it didn't. It didn't benefit anybody, so and obviously the, the legal wranglings were still rumbling on as well. So there was still that bit of that in the background as well. So I think that for everybody concerned, that probably made sense to try and get an opportunity to get back and get fit and whatever else it may be. So yeah, I think that was always in the pipeline, but you know circumstances dictated.
0: Yeah, and obviously like the season, the O seven O eight season, you finally make your debut against Gretna. And I would say it's one of the it's probably a dream debut for you. You scoring your debut against Gretna, but like, it was the kind of memories of finally making your, your debut at Ibrox and what was, what was it was like to score?
1: Yeah, just unbelievable. I think because I'd spent such a long period of time at Injured, and even at the start of that season i FIFA had implemented a two-week ban for whatever unknown reason. So I'd spent the whole pre-season getting fit and then I missed the first two weeks of the season. Now, whether you do or whether you don't, sometimes that can be crucial because if other people hit the ground running. You might not necessarily get your opportunity again, so
0: yeah,
1: that was a that was a bit frustrating as well. But no, I think regarding my debut, be able to score as well. I did say to Boyd, my goal scoring ratio at that point was slightly better than his. I go every, every 60 minutes, but um, no, I'm just delighted to be involved just to get out on the pitch because sometimes it can be a, a long time coming, and the more the longer it takes, the more you sort of think about stuff as well. So no, I was just delighted to get out and play.
0: And like some of the players that came in that season were were brilliant, but Carlos Queiroz one that I I just want to touch you about. Who was it like in the training ground? Outstanding,
1: outstanding. Like ability to defend, his quality on the ball. Yeah, just he was real top quality, and that's the part that's the part that any said top football club. You find these things a challenge. So for him and like big P's playing alongside each other. Really difficult to break that partnership, and that was the strength that the, the, the team had and the squad had during that period.
0: Mm-hmm. And who were the kind of good characters
1: in that squad? No, oh, it was loads, loads of boys within that. I could loads of boys, and I probably said to you about Dash. obviously, he joined the football club a bit later as well. Um, and we just talked about like the time we played Bordeaux, and even, even when I first initially joined, like Dado was about yeah. was a great guy, and uh, even. <laughs> very first time I was sat in the changing room at the training ground and Dado walked around and I was kind of sat down the further end. So I got up to kind of go and introduce myself to Dado. And he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. He says, oh, whoa, whoa. we're in the same team now. Relax. You don't need to attack me <laughs> anymore. We're just like, Your teammates are in opposition now. But um, he was like, Dado was a great guy. He used to tell some funny stories and he'd always have a joke as well and great in amongst the changing room as well. So the initial part of that. Um, but thereafter... Loads of boys, like, loads, even like Dash was a great character in amongst the change room. You have people like Fergie who, you know, had been there for a long period of time who just knew. People like Jig had joined, Stephen Davis, Boydie, Broders, Nasey, Kevin Thompson, Stephen Whitaker, just great Nacho, just great boys. Charlie was about as well, you know, like just a great group of players. Even people like Sasa Papic, Brahim Hindani. Loads of boys were just the, the team camaraderie was brilliant. They never, never did I ever see anything where I thought, Oh, there's like a chink in it anywhere. It was really strong, yeah. a really strong environment. Mm-hmm.
0: And that season will be remembered for the UEFA Cup run. Like, how, what was that like as a team? Obviously, you were only on the part, but how was it like just as an experience just to see them do it and been around that dress
1: for yeah, unbelievable. Every time we went into a game, probably like, oh, we're going to get a B. I think it was at Verde Bremen in one of the rounds. Yeah. Is that right? And Griegsie yeah. was unbelievable that night. That's the amount safe. of saves he killed yeah. off. And then even the semi-final against Fiorentina, you're like, people probably just expected Rangers to get put out at some stage. But the momentum and the belief that the team had was, it just took them through to the final. And even also the penalty shootout and Nacho score and all that type of stuff. It just seemed to be as if that was going to happen. Um, so, just I think one of the things off the back of that, that season was so intense. The amount of games that Rangers played in that season, because obviously it had all the league, all the domestic stuff, Champions League qualifiers, Champions League group stages, and then having to go into the sort of UEFA Cup op- off the back of that was a really intense period of time for the players, but one in which they all excelled in.
0: Yeah, but was that hard for you because of how many games they played and like you were? There was, there was opportunities there for you to, you to play and was it just hard for you not to be, not to be able to play? I think
1: the, the hard bit for me is obviously when I suffered my initially and it was the rest of that season I came back was involved a little bit even off, after making my debut I, there was an international break after a Walter Smith said to me we've got a bounce game down the air go and play in that game I was like okay and I remember I was taking the ball out from the back and one of the strikers lunged in and I ended up out for six weeks with damage, damaged ankle ligaments. I'm like, not great. And then on the process of returning from that, I slipped in training one day. So I had another knee operation. So within 10, 11 months, I'd already had two knee operations and a damaged ankle ligament. So when I came back when I came back from that, my second knee operation, I was doing stuff with a sports scientist at the time in the gym. I was like, oh, I feel my stomach a little bit. I was like, mm, you know, when you have people have like hernia operations and whatever else, I was like, that doesn't feel comfortable. But the, the medical team at the time had thought, because I'd been through such a period of being you know, injured and having operations and stuff, like, we'll see if we can get you through to the summer. Yeah. Which that sort of January to the summer would have been that cup run in the UEFA, UEFA Cup. But I was never in a position, I was, I was in a lot of pain on a regular basis that I would never have been able to function on the football pitch. Yeah. So... In the cold, of the day, they first eighteen months, apart from that one game against Gretna, was a really difficult period where I wasn't playing because obviously I wasn't good enough, or two I was out injured, which doesn't help anybody.
0: And obviously, when Rangers Rangers signed you permanently this the summer after, like, would, did it help you mentally that Rangers had the faith in you like, that you would recover and they, would, they were giving you a kind of chance to to catch that yeah
1: yeah, you always want, you want like anybody in any walk of life, you want to have that faith from your employers and I think that they'd, they'd realized the circumstances that I'd been in and whatever else, I think that you know, it, was, it was a sort of welcome relief to be able to just things, you know it's like to be able to have that sort of stability in your life as well and focus a bit more on the, on the football side of things and during that period as well obviously all the legal stuff had came ahead as well so that was yeah. one less thing I kind of concerned myself with so you just like to sort of fully focus on the football again. So, yeah, it was it was, it was a, a nice kind of feeling to go, like, just make sure that you're right for
0: football. Brilliant. And obviously when you kind you, you of get back to some sort of fitness and you, uh, you get sent out and going to Bristol City, was that just to get some games under your belt?
1: Yeah, and obviously I knew Lee Johnson at the time because I played with him previously, and his dad, Gary, was the manager at Bristol. i like, oh, we'd love to sing you. We'd really yeah. like to sing you. I'm like, I was like, I don't... I'm not signing permanently because I said you don't get an opportunity to get to Rangers and having not played, give up that opportunity yes. without trying the best. So I went to Bristol City. I think I played more in the first week than what I had in the previous 18 months, which I thought was great. Yeah. And then things didn't really work out there for one reason or another. And then they ended up back at the football club in the
0: January. Mm-hmm. It was You obviously come back after Christmas and you, you pick up another injury. Did you just wonder as if like you were ever going to get going at Ibrox?
1: Yeah, I think you, you do contemplate these things as well, but I think you just have to kind of get on with these things. You're just getting something you've experienced previously, you know, you can get through it, and just it's one of those tough scenarios that is it's, it's not pleasant, but I'm afraid it's part and parcel of being a footballer.
0: Yeah, and obviously, that season you don't play again, but the season after you go and uh, Craig Levine takes you back to the D United and loan. Were you, were you really excited to make that move and reunite with Craig Levine?
1: I think one of the biggest issues or thing factors had to take into consideration during that period was going somewhere that I knew, that somebody knew me. So going to Bristol City, I never played in the English Championship. I thought, yes, it's a great level, but I was nowhere near that level because I'd spent the previous 18 months out not playing football. So looking back now in hindsight, if I'd gone to somewhere like a Dundee United first and foremost to find my feet again, things might have worked out differently. So you learn from your experiences. So to get to go and play with for a manager that I'd worked with previously, who had an understanding of me as well, and even when I first went to Dun United, allowed me a period of time of settling in, finding my feet, building my fitness up. I didn't train every day. Some days I didn't train on a Friday and I just played on a Saturday. So he allowed me that period, because I don't think you might get that at other football clubs, that understanding. Yeah. So that that definitely benefited me.
0: Mhm. And it was a good, it was good to a United team that season. Like the whites had good Wally Conway were, were in it, but who were the kind of ones that stood out to you that were when you went in there?
1: Yeah, I th- generally probably not to dissimilar summer how Hearts were. they functioned as a team. Craig Bean had brought in players from lower leagues, players that never heard of, like Margaró Gomez, Prince Boabin, yeah. John Daly. You know, like players who maybe go, I've well, not heard, but fun. Like as a team, we. Paul Dixon also played in that team as well. He ended up playing international football as well. Um, Sean Dillon was consistent when he played. So we had it. We, we, we functioned. Danny Swanson was excellent as well. Um, Goody and Dinty had a great partnership up front. Um, so, no, we had a really, a really high level of, of quality of team there. Yeah.
0: And was it good just to be back playing? Just to, You could obviously start really well, but was it good just to be back playing? And who was, who was good to play alongside?
1: Yeah, I played alongside people like Darren Dodge, who'd obviously had the experience over years of playing at that level, and Gary Kenneth as well, who was a younger player at the time, who yeah. probably something I would look to try and help. But like maybe how he obviously helped me a little bit, try and guide yeah. him in the right direction. He obviously went on to play international football as well. So it just shows you the level that team was operating at to for people to get that recognition.
0: Mm-hmm. And Craig Levine goes to, goes to take the Scotland job. Like, Did you just feel as if Craig Levine was? You weren't getting that I mean, much long. He it
1: would go weird. and take a job
0: I every mean. day. <laughs> but when Craig Levine left, obviously Peter Houston took the manager's job. But how important was that for the team that Peter stayed on and get promoted up yeah, to we, manager?
1: Yeah, we needed, we needed a bit of stability. And I remember Houston was kind of stuck between being the, being the assistant manager and being the manager. I always remember when we went back with Dundee United to Ibrox and obviously Boyd, scored all the goals that night that um, yeah. it was probably a defining factor for Houston where he's like, no, I, I need to do what I was doing previously been a bit there's a bit of uncertainty so that was a bit as much as that was an unpleasant evening for Dundee United it was it was probably give the team clarity and also Hoostie getting the job off the back of that and just settling
0: settling things down a little, a little bit. Yeah and you touched on there like just how good it was like to have that stability but you were playing great and you were having a, you were having a great season did you feel fit and did you feel mentally good like that that you were getting back there?
1: I think, yeah, fitness takes a period of time to get back. But I think just doing what you know that you're capable of doing or challenging yourself, that's the kind of bit I always enjoyed as a football player is being able to challenge myself against players of a good standard, better standard than me. Not just being out competing, that was the bit I enjoyed probably most about being a footballer. So to be able to get that opportunity to do it on a regular basis,
0: having had the previous experiences of being out for a period then, that was great. Yeah, and your memories, of your memories of that season, like obviously you get recalled to the Scotland team, like how good was that?
1: Yeah, it was, I think that period as well, because to touch on the initial part of my football career, I had quite a lot of success and even a lot of caps at international level by a relatively young age as well. So I was always desperate to get to 25 caps Um and I'd been stuck in the early 20s for a period of time. So to be able to get back involved. And I think sometimes when you've missed something for a period, definitely appreciated a lot more being able to, when I was back involved. Sometimes you maybe take things for granted because that's just the process and the and the path that you're on. You just, yeah, you always play for your club and you always play for your country and you don't know any different. But for me, I definitely knew differently. Yeah. So it was it was um, something I didn't take for granted.
0: But what was the kind of memories of that cup run? Obviously, we'll touch on the the final later on. But what was the kind of memories of, of that cup run getting to the the final?
1: I, just, I think obviously things like playing St Johnston, the replay against Rangers was massive. Um, yeah, just probably sometimes when you think that the stars are aligned, it's probably like Rangers in the UEFA Cup run, you need people to excel. You need a little bit of luck, um, and you need yeah, you need your team to be functioning at a high level. So. No, we were we were fortunate enough to be able to do what we needed to do in any cup competition. You know, it's like it's only ninety minutes long, so sometimes it doesn't. You don't always have to be the best team going into it, but you just need to perform on the night. So no, we managed to do that, which was great.
0: And what's the what's the memories of the final against Ross County? Three 0 one You get to lift yeah. the as captain. Who was the memories?
1: Yeah, just I think I watched the game back a while after, and it was a. Dreadful game of football, but I think nobody really (laughs) really cares, do they? So no, I think it was probably a defining factor for me. It was probably a a defining season because obviously if things hadn't probably potentially worked out the way they had, and things might not transpired elsewhere. So I think that yeah, just that you know what it's like as a young football player. You watch the Scottish Cup, you see people lifting trophies. You go, yes, I'd love to be able to do that one day. And I was really fortunate enough that I was able to lift it with Lee Wilkie as well because he'd obviously suffered a terrible time injury. So I'd always, I'd always planned in the back of my mind that we would lift the trophy together. But I just never said too much to anybody because I didn't want to tempt fate. So before the cup final, I'd said to Big Streaky, I was like, if we win, I'd love it if we could both go up together and do that. And he, and Streaky's a great guy as well. And he's like, no, no, yeah. and I was like, no, please. I says, I wouldn't feel right if we didn't do it together. So, no, it was a fitting
0: tribute to him as well. Brilliant. And... Obviously, like you do, you get nominated in the team of the, the team of the year that season. Like, did you did you have an option to stay at Dundee United? Or were you desperate to get back to Ibrox now that you'd you had a good season under your belt and were you were getting fit? I
1: think, yeah, I think that the you know I think Dundee United would have been keen for me to stay on. I think circumstances at the time, obviously, if, even for me to go to Dundee United, I had to sacrifice quite a bit in terms of finance to get there. Obviously, Dundee United had to sacrifice quite a bit in terms of finance to get me there as well. So. No, I think it was a mutual benefit, but always in the back of my mind, as I said to you as well before with Bristol City scenario, that I hadn't really had that full opportunity to try and stake a claim for being in the team as well. So I always had
0: that in the back of my mind as well. Yeah. And just before we touch on going back to Rangers, like just how good was that was that season in the United and my well, likes of Peter Hush and how good was he for you and the, the players? Just some of the good memories for that, that season.
1: I think just probably somewhat at the heart scenario as well, a team team finishing third out with the old firm is, is seen as a sense is is seen as achievement, which it was to say the team probably excelled more than maybe what people expected. And to culminate that, I think Dundee United have only ever won the Scottish Cup twice. So yeah. if you think back to the successful period they've had in their history as well, that's probably quite a surprising factor. So for, for that group to be part of that, um that
0: success was yeah, it was it was it will I'm sure it'll live long in the memory brilliant and obviously you go back to the Rangers and what kind of happens after that do you do you go back full of confidence
1: yeah I think that that's the bit that I've had that good experience I've had the bit where I've gone right I'm maybe looking like I've been back to some sort of level but um you know, just just didn't work out for whatever reason and ultimately that well the reason would be just not being good enough um so yes yeah, That was another disappointment, but as I said previously, the ship keeps sailing, the club recruits, they have to be successful, they're not too worried about one individual who's maybe not had any contribution to it in the process, so they just say, how can
0: we put a team on the pitch that's uh, going to be successful? Yeah, and you you don't play again, you play two more times, you play two times for Rangers after that, the game against Inferno in the League Cup and the, the game in January against Inverness, but... How did it come about that your kind of contract was was terminated? Just, how, just talk us through that. that I
1: think that ultimately, yeah, I think ultimately at the end of that sort of transfer window as well, just not being good enough and just, you know, sometimes you just have to be accepting of the fact, which from my perspective was really difficult because ultimately, I suppose like any human being, when you've come up short and you've not been good enough to do what you, you would have liked to have done, then that's kind of... difficult scenario but that's one that I faced um, or I had to face and then just the circumstances didn't work out the club was moving in a different direction which was absolutely fine accepting that fact as well and and rightly so Um, so yeah just the bit where obviously the end of the transfer window spoke to Walter Smith on the whatever day the transfer deadline day was that he's like oh we've had some interest from Hibs would you like to go and I'm like normally in football you get to hear about things and with him relaying this information, I was like, "That's the 1st half I've heard." And I'm like, "No," oh. and I like to I like to think about things a little bit, and yeah. just jump two footed in and go, "Oh yeah, let's just go and do that." So I think the circumstances the club says, like, "Listen, we'll release from your contract, and you're free to do what you'd like to do off the back of that." So that was how I managed to sign for Hearts out with the out with the transfer window.
0: And obviously, you you've you've said before you look back in your time at Rangers is sweet Like, just do you look back? Is that right do you look back like buttersweet or do you just look back at it as if like what could have been yes I,
1: I i think it's hard in the fact that you get to a huge football club you get to be you get to see the sort of inner sanctum of a football club and how it functions and the the things that i would sort of look at and go great bunch of boys an unbelievable football club a really successful period of time now would I have loved to have played every minute of every match? Yes, I would have, undoubtedly yeah. so. But ultimately, as I said, I wasn't good enough, but the other players were, and I got to see second-hand what it means to be at a huge football club and what success really looks like. Um, so, yes, it's disappointing because I didn't get to do what I wanted to do. And But I think that if I didn't – I all time look at it like these circumstances. If that didn't happen and things were plain sailing, I would never have got the opportunity to go to Dundee United. I've never probably got the opportunity to go back to Hearts. Might not have done. So it's all hypothetical. I was in a circumstance where I didn't do well, and as much as that's unfortunate or whatever it was made, that was the circumstances I found myself, and you just have to get on with.
0: Mm-hmm. And you turned down Hibs. like was that just because of the the affection you had for Hearts, like?
1: Yeah, and I, I was quite courteous speaking to Hibs because I felt. You know, when somebody shows a bit of interest and in whatever else, I felt it was the right thing to do to speak to them. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I don't think it was ever going to materialise that way. So I think that, yeah, when the opportunity came to go back to Hearts, not just from a football perspective, but also from a, a family perspective as well, it was it was the right thing for me.
0: And uh, Jim Jeffries signed you. Just how, how excited were you to be back at Tyne Castle and how excited were you to work with the Jet?
1: Yeah, brilliant. Um like, obviously, probably a manager and a player as well, probably not too dissimilar to maybe Craig Levine, who they just, they know what it means. It's like Walter Smith at Rangers. They just know what it means when you're in that environment. They just, they know what it's all about. So, to be able to get an opportunity to work with an experienced manager who'd been really successful at the football club and everyone else, yeah, I was really excited to get back.
0: Yeah, and were the Hearts fans good with you when you went back? Or was there any any reminder of the past? Or was it just... Let's get pushing on to the, a new start. I think,
1: yeah, I think probably sceptical, maybe to say the least, to start with. I think obviously the circumstances, because I'd never really voiced my opinion when I'd left the football club. I didn't do any interviews regarding any of it. I, I kept my counsel. I didn't air my dirty linen. So probably the fans didn't have a a, a a a a full understanding of maybe my perspective of it as well. So they obviously had their own yeah. They'd made up their own views and stuff. So it was probably. Not that I really give it too much thought, but it was probably quite a difficult time because fans
0: may be not accepting the fact that the man in which I left and now I was back. Yeah. you're three games into you, your second spell at Hearts, and you pick up another injury. Like, did you just feel as if your injury look was there forever?
1: Yeah, that's, I think you, you just have to. As much as you have these difficult scenarios, you just have to persevere because ultimately, if you want to get to the end of something, I think the bit with that. Even I think I can remember the the season after and we went back to Ibrox and had to come off the pitch um, after about five or six minutes. And I remember the week leading up to that, I was like, I could start to feel, I used to get like abductor pain or muscle spasms in my abductors and stuff. And I could feel that in the week building up to going back to Ibrox. But because I'd been at Rangers and hadn't done particularly well, I was desperate to go back and kind of showcase my talents. And then obviously I think Nazi went to running behind and I was like, oh, so probably one of, well, the the lowest point of my football career would have been walking off the pitch that day at Ibrox because you go, people have a a perception of you as a human being or as a footballer. You want to go back and maybe prove people wrong because that's the joys of being a footballer. You're always having to do that and to have to walk off that pitch at the early part of that game, I was like, boy, this is is as low as it gets. Um, Yeah, so off the back of that, really kind of contemplating stuff going, is this really worthwhile or is it not? Yeah. But the bit where you go, no, I want to be a footballer and I'll persevere. So, yeah, I found that quite challenging that period.
0: Brilliant. But you get back, you, you you do recover from that and you get you get back in the team of a good run and you finish third. Like, what was the thoughts going into the next season?
1: Yeah, just to build on that. I think, obviously, the ownership of the football club was still the same in which I'd left, but there was maybe less of an influence now as well. There was more emphasis on the people who worked at the club in Scotland rather than maybe the sort of Lithuanian contingent so no I was just trying to progress because I think before I joined Hart as well they had an unbelievable successful period but like people like Big Kevin Kyle and Stephen Elliott boys like that they had an unbelievable run so they probably start to pick and show that momentum as well and I think when you get that you, you always look to build on it
0: yeah we were looking at the, the the game I want to touch on just before we touch on what happens after that was the, the game against Tottenham like 5-0 what was the memories of that game and who was good in that
1: team? They were all good. I think they had about 12 players on the pitch at the time. But just, <laughs> they were unbelievable. Like Just their movement, their fluidity, how they passed the ball. Just real top, top quality. When you, when you look around, you've got people like Modric, Bale. I'm sure Van der Vaart was there. Like Just top. That's what I mean when you challenge yourself against the best. You look around and they do stuff where you go, they make you like as a defender, they drag in areas where you don't want to go. You're getting dragged yeah. in that area. Going, I know I shouldn't be going in here, but I'm going in here. I don't know why, but I am. And they just they were they were a a, a, a like high
0: performing team. Yeah, and um, Jim Jeffrey's is removed the Roman off. Like again, what happens?
1: Probably similar to maybe like George Burley. Probably a bit of a power struggle. Jim Jeffries would want to do stuff because obviously Jim Jeffries is an older, experienced manager who would maybe have a lot of control at the football club as well. So I think it's just one of those things that you probably never really get to the bottom of, but you can have a guess that
0: probably a bit of a power struggle. You get memories of Jim Jeffries, like just how how ruthless he was in the dressing room.
1: Yeah, because obviously Lockie was part of the coaching staff as well, and he worked with Jim. Jim and Billy for a long period of time so yeah you'd always hear stories, Lockie would always tell you and obviously the more the further back you go the more old school it was and the yeah. more you
0: hear interesting uh, stories. And Paolo Sergio gets the job, Look, what was the, what was the thinking of that? How did you feel when when you first met him?
1: Yeah good, he had a different mindset, he brought a different mentality to the football club Um, you know he was quite methodical in his approach to training and how he functioned and stuff And and a different way for probably a lot of us how we worked previously, but no, great to uh, great
0: to get that sort of different perspective on football. Mm-hmm. And who were the kind of good who were the good characters and players in that Hearts team?
1: Rudy was Rudy was back. Marius, God rest his soul, yeah. as well. Um, yeah, just g- great boys. People even like people like Ryan Stevenson, Jamie Hamill, probably down from your neck of the woods. Just yeah, like great boys who Edgar Johnson. Boys who just enjoyed you just enjoyed their company. Um, being around Danny Granger, Andrew Driver, Stephen Elliott, all these boys, just great, like great boys who all wanted to do well for each other, which was which was brilliant.
0: And was it no, I just want to touch in Marius Ali, obviously you know, tragic tragic news over the past few weeks, but how good we see you play alongside. Brilliant.
1: Mario was probably the opposite of me. I was quite an intense player, whereas Marius was a lot more relaxed about stuff. So he we probably worked quite well together. I enjoyed yeah. playing with Marius. He, he was a very good defender. He quality in the ball. He spent a long period of time at Hearts as well. He was captain of the football club. He knew what it meant. He just had a nice way about him with people as well. As I say, he was quite relaxed in most situations, whereas I was the opposite. I was always quite intense with stuff. So he was probably we probably worked quite well together. So no, I really enjoy playing with Maris and uh, yeah, it's tragic news what's happened to him. I really, it's um, hugely
0: disappointing for everybody. Yeah, definitely. And when do you kind of get the first feelings about the financial problems that was going on behind the scenes?
1: I think we spent a period, obviously, two months without having been paid um, and getting the PFA involved and people really start to worry when you speak to the people in the office as well, just how bad the picture was. you get, uh, um, You get that horrible feeling within you going well, this doesn't feel I mean, obviously you always hear murmurings in football of clubs and financial difficulty but this was at the forefront um, and not just for the players as well for the members of the staff backroom staff office staff it was, it was a horrible period of time
0: But was it like the saving grace was the saving grace of that season the cup run like obviously beating Celtic in the semi-final we'll be good but was that was that helping just personally just get through like would you, would you just focus on getting on the pitch and getting, getting good results?
1: Yeah, I think that's the bit you can only control. I think from the club's point of view, you know, the more you get through in the cup, the more finance the club um, generates as well. So probably had a knock-on effect as well. But I think from a footballing perspective, you can only concentrate on the bit on the pitch. That's ultimately what your job is.
0: Definitely. And you've obviously reached the final you've got up against Habs. Like, what were the thoughts going into the game?
1: Without saying too much at the time, I generally thought we we did really good. We had a really good team, and we we always had the edge over Hibs. I was very confident going into that final that if we performed at a level which you don't always necessarily get in finals, but I thought if we performed to any level that we would beat them, and and we did that day. And some people really excelled. People like Andrew Driver probably had one of the best games that he's had um, during that whole season as well. So we had players functioning at a really high. High level, and obviously Rudy doing what he does as well, and yeah. So, no, it was it was a welcome relief. Come ten, fifteen
0: minutes in the second half, and you've won five one. Was that would that be one of the best games you've ever played in?
1: Yeah, I think so, just because of the stature of it. You know, Hibs Hunt not won the Scottish Cup for over a hundred years. It was an Edinburgh derby. I don't know when if there has been an Edinburgh derby in a Scottish Cup final. Um, ultimately, probably from a defensive point of view, one of these things that you don't want to lose because it'll probably be. One of these stigmas that's always attached to you. Yeah, so winning it, people it'll live long in the memory.
0: Brilliant. And le- obviously later on, like just before you, you leave Hearts, like obviously there's still the financial issues as well. were you keen to stay, or was that were you keen to explore other options too?
1: I think when obviously Lockie was a manager at the time and just keen for me to stay, I would have been keen to stay as well. But just the real uncertainty at the football club, I think yeah. probably one of the things I touched on recently, somebody is if I knew what I knew now, I would have just stayed, um, because the club meant so much to me. I just I would have just did what was ever necessary to help um, and get by. But yeah, so I think it was just it was just real uncertainty surrounding the football club, which made decision making really difficult.
0: Mm-hmm. And how do you look back in your second spell at Hearts? Just the same as the first one, just brilliant.
1: Yeah, just just loved it. I think as I said, when you spend a period of time out and you don't get to do what you love doing, when you get the flip side of that and you do get back and do what you love doing, you appreciate it a lot more and also love my first time at hearts, so was really fortunate enough to get a second opportunity to go back as well. So thoroughly enjoyed it. Um enjoyed enjoyed playing in the team, enjoyed the group of players that we had, and the management and so yeah, just and probably ultimately grateful for being being allowed. We're
0: fortunate enough to get the opportunity again. Brilliant. And obviously you uh, you go on to Coventry was uh how came we, how happy were you to reunite with, with Elvis?
1: Yeah, great. Just a, a, probably one of the him and obviously Neil McFarlane with the coaching staff there and just get the opportunity to work with them in a different setting. Obviously I played with Elvis and now he was my manager, but real, really astute, really knowledgeable about football, probably the fittest I've been or had been in my entire football career, we, the intensity of the work there, which is probably something that I needed to build up my tolerance levels in
0: terms of fitness. So I'm not really grateful to be able to get that opportunity. Mm-hmm. And were you keen when you went down there to right the wrongs of Wigan? Like just, were you keen to just prove your point in English football? Yeah,
1: I, I don't get me wrong, I would have been playing in League One um, with Coventry and not the English Premiership with Wigan. But yeah, just getting an opportunity, different way of life. We moved down, we lived in Warwick, it was great for us, it was great for the kids. Me and my wife thoroughly enjoyed our way of life out with football. I was always concerned that as long as the family was settled, didn't really bother too much if the football wasn't going overly well because I'd been through enough rubbish in my career that I could deal with these types of things as well. So if you didn't play well or the team performed badly, you you can handle that. But one thing I will say about Coventry in the first three or four months, that was an unbelievable team. It was probably the one period... Of the latter stages of my career where I can look back over a certain period of time and say I have thoroughly enjoyed that three or four months we had a, a, a consistent team and the team had started really like a 10-point deficit um, yeah, for being in administration. of right, yeah. it was. but I think within two or three months they were sitting in the top six in the league and if mm-hmm. they hadn't had that 10-point deficit they would have been near the top. There they were
0: some top, top players in that team. Yeah, who were the good kind of characters down there when you went, when you were there? Who's like John Flay was one I want to touch on, but just
1: how good were the characters? Yeah, so like people like Carl Baker was the captain of the football club. He was he he was a leader, which was great. We had Joe Murphy, the goalie, who was so consistent in his performances; it was excellent. And as I say, the team is the team pretty much picked itself. Carl Wilson played up front. Yeah, uh, um, yeah, with Leon as well. So we just we we just. The team probably with maybe 12, 14 players played every single week. It was quite consistent. And obviously John was part of that as well. And I was quite curious because I was at Rangers with John as a young, young footballer as well. And he had undoubted ability. Like football was so easy for John. I just thought, I wonder if he's applying himself anymore. And when I went to Coventry, his his level of work rate was yeah. through the roof. His, uh, his ability with the ball was never in question, but his, his uh his work rate off the ball was outstanding. And obviously he's going to have an unbelievable career and getting all the adulation that he deserves and being rightly involved with Scotland and playing at Sheffield United weekly because he's he is a top, top player. Yeah,
0: definitely. See, for you, like, playing two games a week, like, did you find it hard or was it, did you feel quite good fitness-wise?
1: Yeah, I felt, as I say, because of the manner in which we trained at Coventry, it was, it was intense all the time. So yeah. I always felt fit and able. And I think a, over the two seasons, because I think when you spend a period of time out, injured, you're always conscious of these things going. I think I, over the two seasons, over, I, I averaged over like 40 games per season, which is probably quite a lot um, for being somebody who was between 31 and 33. But no, I felt fit, which was great. <laughs> Something I enjoyed being, because obviously I've seen the other side of it.
0: Brilliant. And then, after that, like Stephen, the season after, obviously Stephen gets sacked and how gutted were you when he left?
1: I think, yeah, because... On a professional and a personal level as well, it's difficult. The team, I mean, he'd ultimately, I think he'd only signed a new three or four year contract, maybe a few months previously as well. So the club obviously had belief, but everybody knows in football it's results driven. So yeah, that was that was a huge disappointment on a personal level, but also professional as well, because I think the group genuinely had a real belief in what he was doing and how he was trying to do stuff, and um, yeah, it was it was it was disappointing.
0: Mm -hmm. and like tony mowbray comes in like what was your did you have any kind of dealings with him before he came into coventry and what was what was he like for you
1: no i didn't not i never came across him previously but he was brilliant when he came in um and i was curious to see how he worked because obviously he's been successful he's been the celtic manager all these types of things as well and because i was getting to the latter stages of my career i was uh excuse me i was just curious to see how coaches and managers function and what they do and how they do it and coaching a team and setting up and that so I feel like I learned quite a lot from him probably more through the coaching side of it than the football
0: side of it which was great mm-hmm. and how do you look back in your time at Coventry was it a good time in your career
1: yeah I really enjoyed it I I really enjoyed family life as settled we probably potentially might move back down there further in life right and um, when our kids are all older and stuff we really really enjoyed the way of life um, and the football was great as well it says that especially my first season that initial part the team was outstanding and then uh, yeah and obviously being able to be an older experienced player with young players coming through people like James Madison came through at college yeah. at the time as well and you know just you have that kind of mentorship towards these young human beings and try and put them on the right path so they can have successful football careers
0: Brilliant and you come back up to St Marin under Ian Murray like were you excited to work with him?
1: Yeah, obviously I'd played with Nid previously at Rangers in Scotland as well and just grateful when I came back up the road to be afforded the opportunity to come and train him at St Martin as well and obviously after a period of time he's like, would you like to sign? I was like, yeah, that'd be great. Um, So, yeah, and obviously probably at that time as well, lots of young players, you know, the club had maybe suffered relegation the season before, I think it was. So a huge turnaround of players as well and maybe airing on the side of going with younger players as well, so to try and help them with a bit of experience. Mm-hmm.
0: It doesn't have the best timing. and resigns. Like, were, you, were you surprised when, when that happened? Was that just due to, due to results?
1: Yeah, I think that's ultimately for any manager. You're judged on results. And regardless of how good your work is off the pitch, ultimately on a Saturday, you're going to get judged on your performance and your, your team's results. So, I think that was probably the abiding factor in that, which, is, as I said, over the course of my career, I've always found it disappointing for any managers losing their job. Um, and especially if you know them on a bit more of a personal level. I
0: mm-hmm. like to so like Jim Goodwin, Stephen Thompson and Jamie Langfield were there but like, how good were they for along with you for like helping the young boys through? What was a kind of fond memories as well with yeah.
1: them? Great, mm-hmm. great guys and also great for them as well. Not that not that they ever reminded me that they beat Hearts in the League Cup every so <laughs> often but um, yeah, no, great and just great experienced human beings who knew what it meant to be at the football club. Tomo is a lot unto himself. He's a great guy. He's He would do some funny things on a football pitch. He would, would do a warm-up for 10 minutes and Tomo would just sprint around the warm-up, the full warm-up for 10 minutes, not doing what he should done. There's probably 101 stories with Tomo as well. But um, no, great guys to be around as well. Great for the younger players to see people who have been really successful at the football club and how they... Operating how they conduct themselves in a professional manner as well. So, you no, know, I think that side of a you always try when you're a bit more experienced, trying passing a little bit of knowledge
0: to the younger players. And mm-hmm. um, Alex Ray takes over, like for you. What was he like as a coach? Obviously, he was a, a pretty good character as a player, but what was he? What was he like as a coach?
1: Yeah, he was very good. a man, was You know, just the, probably a bit more transitional as well in terms of you know when you go from one manager to the next and player changing and whatever else. So, no, I think that he he was he he had quite a successful period at some run. Um,
0: so no, I think that yeah, he 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 done well. And the season after the two thousand sixteen seventeen, it does need, it goes wrong. It kind of goes pretty poorly. It was four points in fifteen games, and Alex Reid kind of pays the price. Like, it was what kind of happened at the start of that season? How was it so poor?
1: Yeah, just I think sometimes it's really difficult to put your finger on these things. You know, we didn't perform particularly well, and ultimately results determined. You know. I suppose we probably had quite a young team at the time, young players who now are a bit more established. So, you know, to give them that initial experience, sometimes you have to sacrifice a little bit. And obviously we did in terms of results, which doesn't ultimately help any manager.
0: Yeah. And Jack Ross comes in like how and eventually gets it going and he's finished seventh. How much credit does Jack Ross deserve for that and how good was how good was he? Yeah,
1: he, he was he was outstanding. I think even the one, the one thing about being slightly older, you look a little bit more at things and I think the first six games we didn't win and he, but he, he maintained what he was doing. He was strong in his beliefs and he knew that he would be able to turn that around. And I think the form that the team showed from when he came in to the end of the season, if they hadn't showed that form, I think we ultimately ended up avoiding relegation at Easter Road. We had, I think we had to win at Easter Road and I'm sure Stevie Mallon might have scored, I think, yeah, if yeah. I can remember correctly. So we did. To... T- to turn that around was a huge testament, not just to obviously to Jack Ross, but to people like James Fowler as well, who was in.
0: Yeah, and obviously at the end of that season, you don't sign a new contract and you stop play, playing like bizarre. Did you want to still play, or were you, you kind know, of looking elsewhere, or you just?
1: Yeah, I, I, I thought even for myself for a long period of time. I thought, see, if I get to thirty-five, I'll be quite happy. And obviously yeah. that season previous, I'd start to help out with the reserve squad. Um, at St. Martin as well, and I'd always kind of seen that as a future career path. I think sometimes when you know, when you get older, you just go, do you know, what? I'm quite happy walking out the door on my own terms rather than maybe going and finding something that's maybe not the same as what you're used to and whatever else. So I was quite happy to uh, finish when I did. Mm-hmm. Now, how do you
0: kind of look back in your playing
1: career? Probably like most, could have been better, could have been a lot worse. Had some really unbelievable experiences, met some great people. Probably over the course of it thoroughly enjoyed it. Had some challenges along the way, which hopefully maybe not at the time you can reflect on and and gain from these experiences and pass on that knowledge to other people as well. So yeah, I'm one that, yes, just delighted to have had the opportunity to play professional football for a period because I think now being on the coaching side, not everybody gets afforded that. So probably overriding feeling of being just
0: grateful for it. Brilliant. And what was your kind of plans after football?
1: Obviously, the the season before I finished playing, I started studying. So um, I got like a a bachelor's in sports and business management, which took me, that was good for me in terms of my playing because it took me from my playing career into my coaching career. So I did quite a smooth transition, which has been absolutely great for me. The coaching side of things, love that. Love trying to pass on my knowledge and experience to the younger players and give them the opportunity that I was afforded as well. And
0: um, Just continuing to learn as much as I possibly can. Brilliant. And what, what do you can kind I of do now? You're still at St what do you can kind I of do? Is it the ambassador in coaching?
1: Yeah, so I take the, I take the full-time players um, at, in the academy and obviously because of the, the, the studying that I've done previously as well, I've been lucky enough to be involved in the foundation at St Martin as well, which does unbelievable work. So off the back of that, they very kindly asked me to be an ambassador for them, which is great and um, good for me to give a little bit back.
0: Brilliant. And have you thought about kind of management?
1: Yes, further down the line. I think I'm still trying to learn a little bit more um, certain aspects of the game and just kind of brush up on a few things. But I think further down the line, I would definitely like the opportunity to. I just, I know how difficult it is for managers to get their opportunity and to also, when you do get your opportunity, you have to hit the ground running
0: as well. So I'm quite wary of that. Brilliant. Are you all right Close with some quite fire questions? Yeah, go for it. Brilliant. How your whole career, who would you say was the best player you ever played with? Elvis. Was it still still maintain that? Yeah. How good how good a leader was he? Like how just how good was he for you? Did he make you a better player?
1: Yeah, his leadership qualities were outstanding. As I said him and David Weir were very similar. Um, but I think because of my initial part of my career at hearts, that education and bedding in and being a centre back was probably quite defining for me. Brilliant. Best player you played against? Ryle.
0: When did you when was that?
1: Scotland, away from home. We were drawing one-one, and somebody switched the floodlights on so we could get a draw. Uh, the floodlights off so we could get a draw. That's right. I remember that. They just that class. Oh, just his movement was ridiculous. <laughs> Not like they just you would, you would pop up someone and you go, how did you get it? Just
0: yeah, real quality. <laughs> uh, favorite away ground in your whole career? Easter Road. Or was it just the atmosphere? Just for winning.
1: Just yeah, do you know when you just go into the lines then, and you just uh, you can win a game of football against somebody. Um, so yeah, probably that from a heart's perspective. Um, yeah, that's just yeah the atmosphere, and obviously luckily enough to be Ibrox and Celtic Park, just anywhere with a great atmosphere. Ultimately. But I went.
0: Interesting fact about yourself that nobody would know.
1: I used to play cricket for Scotland when I was younger. Did you? Yes. You cricket or football? I had I had trials when I was younger, like 13, 14, with English county sides as well. So probably football took over, but probably up until I was like 15, 16, it was probably a fine balance between the two. Brilliant.
0: Favourite film or TV show? Oh,
1: favourite film or TV show? Do you know what I'm watching at the minute? Sneaky Pete, Amazon Prime. Quite enjoying right, yeah. that. It's uh, yeah, It's quite thought-provoking. What else have I watched watched loads of boxes? But I watch it to switch my brain off rather than to engage with it. So <laughs> Brilliant. And I don't really watch movies. Brilliant.
0: Best friend in football. Ken McKenna. Still? Still. Yeah, just
1: yeah, yeah. Just he was my best man in my way. then just from our first time at hearts, just just clicked, just did everything together, um, on and off the pitch. So does he, is he yeah, still um, say in Canada? I think he was in Germany for a period coaching. Right. I haven't spoken for a little while, but definitely during my football career, he would be the one person that I would, would uh, yeah, go
0: to. Brilliant. Brilliant. And finally, the best manager you played under?
1: Weeeee. <laughs> oh, different managers for different experiences. If so I can give you at least three Craig Levine for the initial part of my football career, George Burley for that part of the Hearts, and also Walter Smith because he's Smith, and he's he's had unbelievable success Um, and just knows what it takes Brilliant
0: Andy it's been an absolute pleasure to be on the show mate thanks very much for doing it I thoroughly enjoyed it Thank you very much Cheers mate Yeah Cheers